Hello, welcome to another episode of Just Cause, the podcast where two cousins talk about things they love. Just Cause, and today we are talking about the new movie, No One Will Save You. Such an interesting title. Yeah, I was like, what an evocative title. I loved it. <laughs> I'm not sure if the title is too long, but once you see the movie, the title makes a lot of sense. I don't think it's too long at all. It was it was really helpful because during the whole movie, I was like, oh my God, something's got to happen. Someone's got to help her. Nope. Nope. No, no one one's going to save her. her. <laughs> yep. <laughs> she's going to save herself or she won't. We'll see. <laughs> so I'm assuming there's a lot of people listening that have never even heard of this movie. And I just want to kind of talk about the specifics of this movie before we get into massive spoilers. Now, well, absolutely. Well, first, hold on. The reason that nobody probably, I mean, not nobody, but a lot mm. of people might not know what this movie is, is because it is not a movie that is a part of a major franchise, which nope. is so refreshing. Obviously, we've had a few of those come out recently that are really good, like Bottoms and other things that I can't think of off the top of my head. <laughs> but... It's really refreshing, especially a sci-fi story. This is a sci-fi thriller. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it reminded me a lot of Nope in some parts. Yes. Um, and that was really fun, and I adored it. Um, so, yeah, go ahead. So I, I'm sure we knew the same amount of information about this movie going in. And it's on Hulu. Anyone can watch it as long as you have a Hulu account. I wish it was in theaters, but I searched up the poster for this. I saw an alien sky beam coming down on a house, and I thought, oh, interesting, a sci-fi alien horror. Yeah, I'll watch that. I almost wish I didn't know it was aliens, though. I mean, it wasn't really a deterrent for me because it says it right, like... It happens very quickly. Yeah, yeah. Like you within have the like first 15, 20 minutes. One day in the alien. life of Bryn. That's our main character, played by Caitlin Dever, the amazing Caitlin Dever. I love her. She's incredible in everything I've seen her in. I think the main thing that I've seen her in is Booksmart. I don't know if I've ever seen her in oh, anything else. Oh, you should watch but... Unbelievable. It's absolutely tragic and horrible. Is that to the watch, one with but it's Tony really Collette? Good. Maybe. I don't remember. <laughs> the, but... the mom from Hereditary. No, no, I know who Toni Collette is. I don't oh. remember if she's oh, in okay. it. <laughs> um, I don't I don't know if Toni Collette is in it, but it's a mini series that was on Netflix. It made me very scared to sleep in my apartment for a very mm. long time. But it is very, very good. Well made. Um, and Definitely an important on my list. story. Very good. And also, I've, you know, she was in the terrible Dear Evan Hansen movie, and, you know, she wasn't, she was amazing still. Like, the movie <laughs> oh, yeah, was not great. bad because of her at all. <laughs> and I guess the we can say it right upsetting. now because we've kind of talked a lot about this movie already. Caitlin Dever absolutely kills it in the fact that there is no dialogue in this there, movie. There is no talking. There's no dialogue. There's no, um, like, what's there, that there's... word I'm looking for? Just exposition. <laughs> exposition, that's it. There's no... I mean, there's exposition, but no spoken exposition yeah, it, or plot. It's given to anything. you. It's through incredible. Context. You know what? I was going to say this. Our aunt told me this one time, and she knows a lot about movies. Take a movie and watch it that you've never seen before and watch it for the first time with no sound. If you can still follow what is happening, then it is a well-directed movie. 
mm-hmm. and I or well directed film and I could not stop thinking about that while I was watching this film because you don't need any speech you don't need anything to figure out what is going on in this movie I didn't even realize it until I think it was so the movie structure like you have a day in her life her the main character Bryn you have a day in Bryn's life and then uh an alien comes right yeah. and i didn't i didn't realize until like after the alien attack like after the 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 whole day and the night and then the next day when she was trying to get out of her house to go find some help that was when i realized i was like nobody said anything yet <laughs> i i had such a similar experience where i think the time that i realized it was First of all, way too late. Like within the first minute, you should have clocked that, but I, I certainly didn't. And it was when no, the UPS all... guy was—he took a package and he was like, "He shoots, he scores." And I was like, "Wait, no one's talked other than that guy. Is that what we're doing?" And then I slowly started to pay more attention to that because at first, I, like I said, I hadn't realized at all. Well, you—it's structured in a way where you don't realize it because she. So Bryn is all alone she lives alone mm-hmm. in a house secluded slightly in the on the edge of the woods uh in a small town she has no one to talk to she's very sad she's trying to make herself smile in the mirror and she's been ostracized too for a reason yeah. that you find out later we find out later but but at the beginning all you know is that she's unhappy and she's alone so you don't question her not speaking because when you're not happy you don't like talk to yourself like i talk to myself all the time when I'm feeling good. But when I'm not, I just don't say anything. No, and that part is done so brilliantly. It is just like, it just gets in, and like, and I, that happens with the UPS guy, that happens pretty early on. I did not clock it until much later that no one was speaking because I was like, this makes a lot of sense to me. They're showing her, they're showing us her life. She lives alone. She's quiet. There's no reason there's every reason for an alien to attack her because she's all alone and no one would hear her (laughs) and no one would notice that she's gone and so i was like okay that makes sense yeah there's the home invasion scenario with the alien and then it just starts going further and right 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 right. oh my god we'll we'll get to all of that but yeah but then the alien attacks and and I'm like, that makes sense why she's not talking because you wouldn't talk in that scenario. No. There's no, you're hiding from an alien who's trying to kill you. So there's no talking. And then she leaves her house and I was like, oh my gosh, no one said anything yet. Maybe, she, maybe this is when she'll finally say something when she goes to the police station and she gets into town. And then at that moment, I thought that there was going to be talking and then there was no talking. And I was like, okay, we're doing this for the whole movie, except... There is one line in the whole film, mm-hmm. and we'll get to it in a bit, but it is, it 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 makes sense why that's the only line in the film. <laughs> there are other exceptions. Like I said, the UPS guy, I think, has one line. But yeah, they break the rule one true time, and it means a whole lot. But mm-hmm. before we get to that, I do want to talk about the aliens and their design. Because... The simple little green man design that they have. Like, it's supposed to look like the gray men. Yeah, like, and, like the emoji. <laughs> yeah. 
at, at first I kind of hated it because I was like, oh, that's not original at all. And then you see one has little tippy toes that it walks on. And I was like, okay, this is, this is cool. And then I'm getting ahead of myself, but then, then you see more of them no. and they start looking more different. And that's they're when I so liked it terrifying there's one that looks like a giant spider these aliens they're all joints they're all like that's that's their their fingers have like 17 joints in them and they're (laughs) all like crickling and crackling and i hate Mm. it so much the the noise that they make is like a rippling in their skin (laughs) like you could see it yeah yeah very visceral very upsetting uh, <laughs> and they're super quick. They move like birds. I love that. Yeah. How unnatural they like unnaturally fast they move. Yeah. It's it it's very much like they do not belong here. This is <laughs> yeah. not their terrain. Um and the way that they infect people oh, disgusting. Oh. I definitely want to talk about that. <laughs> but yeah, the more information that I got about the aliens, the more I liked them. But at first, I was kind of questioning, like, oh, we're just doing the humanoid yeah. green men. Well, at first, at the very beginning, since I knew nothing about it, I thought, oh, Caitlin Dever is, uh, sorry, Bryn is freaking out over nothing and this alien is going to be friendly. That was my first thought. I was I like, had that stop running, too. maybe they're friendly. <laughs> <laughs> that would get my ass killed so fast in, a, in an alien apocalypse. Well, especially because that first one that's in her house, like it obviously it was so curious. Yeah, it, it it wasn't trying to attack her, and I think it well, did that, because that, that she attacked it. That's what that's what it's framed. I feel like mm. that's what it's framed to look like at first, because it looks like it's just going through her trash, digging through her fridge, like like investigating human stuff. And I was like, maybe it's an ET style situation here. Yeah. No, absolutely yeah, it could not. Be <laughs> No, I'm pretty sure what he was trying to do was put that thing in her throat, which we'll yeah, get to Yeah, he was just that. trying to find have... her and they don't, they didn't, clearly didn't know enough about humans to know where she would mm-hmm. be. So. I have so many questions about that little thing. But yeah, I, I guess we can, we can get to it because at first my read on that was that it was almost like alien where that thing in their throat was the real host alien and the things that we're seeing are just bodies that had been infected. Like, they weren't the original scary alien. But no, I'm pretty I... sure that's not the interpretation that the yeah, movie no, is trying to Yeah, no, I don't think so. The thing that I thought at first was that they were going to put those in people and then they were going to slowly turn them into Ooh. the aliens that we saw. The joint monsters. <laughs> that definitely makes more sense than my theory. <laughs> yeah, as the movie went and I was like, oh, no, no, it's just one alien species that's going to Earth. Yeah. And they are uh, infecting and weaponizing human people and homogenizing, I guess. I guess yeah. that's the word. I yeah, think that's yeah. what they're doing because of the end. But <laughs> I have so um, many questions about that. Yeah, end. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but like um, until the end, it seems like the aliens are just trying to take this human race and use them for their own purposes yeah it looked it, it felt like they were trying to colonize earth and just mm. get the humans under control as their pets and maybe that's what they did do but um i don't know i don't know <laughs> I, I definitely want to talk about that crazy ass ending but for before we get to there 
I, I I have some more notes on the alien and just the whole aesthetic of the movie. Oh, if you yeah. want to talk about that, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just loved the how every single alien, other than the ones you made at the end, which are all humanoid, they're all unique. Like you said, some were spindly and looked like a spider. There was a little yeah. monkey looking. There was one. a little tiny. Yeah, there was a little tiny creep. I hated him. <laughs> were those I like, different? I was like, I don't know. I was like, what's that? A kid? A dog? Yeah. What is it? Why is it different? Why does it? crazy looking why were some super big that big ass one was so scary i loved maybe it maybe it's like a rank yeah i don't when, know honestly when she trapped it in her car and burned it i was kind of sad because i was like oh i want to see more of that thing no i was not sad at all <laughs> i was like kill that giant spider thingy Ugh. I was like, yes, girl, blow it up. She blew one up in her car. She So she killed the first one, the first one that came into her house the first night. She killed it by accident because it mm. was about to get her. And she accidentally stuck one of her little toy houses, her little model houses yeah. into the side of its head and it died. And that said the president like, okay, <laughs> she can kill things. Um, <laughs> and I appreciated how soft these aliens were because you even before she stabs yeah. it she like shoves one and it, it gets really hurt from yeah that. and she bites one and cl yeah um they're they are flesh monsters they're not mm -hmm. like robots they're not they're they are as vulnerable as she is mm -hmm. which is yeah, nice and, and they have mind powers which i was not expecting aliens to have but it, it fits but they are very very killable which i appreciated in this movie Mm -hmm. Like she, the it main was very character. very cathartic watching Bryn kill like yes. all of these aliens who are trying to um, abduct her. But like, okay, so after the first day, she kills the alien. The next morning, she tries to get out of her house to go to the police station. And she sees around town that there are more crop circles mm -hmm. than just were at her yeah, house. Almost there at other every houses. house, there is a and small there are, circle on her lawn. Yeah, and there are uh, destroyed houses and less people around. And so you're like, okay, this is, this, she's not special. This didn't mm -hmm. just happen to Bryn. This is happening to everyone. Is it happening to everyone everywhere? Maybe. Um, I definitely had the thought of this is happening globe wide. And that mm -hmm. ending kind of reinforces that, but it never yeah. specifies that. You you yeah. just exist in this small town for the whole movie. Well, because you exist with Bryn, and it's mm -hmm. it's so great. And you, I think we should get into it now. We learn about Bryn's life before the aliens, mm -hmm. which is she is uh, alone. Her mother has died, um, and she is ostracized from the town because it's revealed later that Bryn accidentally killed her childhood best friend Maud um, mm -hmm. while they were kids and they were fighting. Maud pushed Bryn to the ground and Bryn uh, hit Maud with a rock. Grabbed a rock and, and Maud died. <laughs> not not funny. I don't know why I'm laughing. Not funny <laughs> at all. Very upsetting. Uh, <laughs> Oh, it's super, super upsetting, especially considering that, like, it's two young girls doing this. Yeah, like, and they're just kids, and she obviously does not understand the consequences of her picking up a rock. She just thought, oh, my friend pushed me. I'm going to fight back. Yeah. And that is, a, that is a consistent character trait of Bryn's <laughs> to fight back with 
Right. Um, and win. One thing that I was not confused about, but the entire movie I'd been building up in my head this conspiracy theory of why the town hates her, and I thought it might have something to do with the aliens. I'm almost glad it didn't, but I definitely had something cooking up in my head that mm. it was much, the answer that the movie had was much more simple than what I was thinking. Right. Well, I had I had two distinct thoughts. One was at the very, very beginning um, when she was alone in town um, and didn't speak to anybody and then came home. And then that night the alien came. Um, the, my first thought was she knows they're going to come. And it is it. This is something that happens all the time. It's not. This is not the first time it's happening. But that was bashed very quickly with her reaction to everything that was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was like, okay, so it's not that. And then my I mean, it probably still could be argued that because her reactions weren't that surprised in the first night, though it I makes think they most were. They sense were... that yeah, it's the first time she's ever seeing it. Yeah, no, I think the, I think she was pretty surprised. She was very scared. Um, uh, great acting where she's like having struggle but just struggling to breathe yeah wonderful acting no caitlin dever was amazing in this the whole movie is her there's mm. there's not really any other actors because the aliens are cg and there's a few extras that I, that's as much as i'd say i don't yeah. i don't consider them other actors they're i think they're extras in the film um and when the credits rolled, it was just Caitlin Dever and then the title. <laughs> and I was like, okay, yeah, it's just yeah, her makes in the sense. movie pretty much. But, and the, okay, so my other, my other theory was, okay, so Maude died because of uh, Bryn, maybe in like a car mm-hmm. accident. I thought a car accident at first, but then I was like, no, she's driving through town. If you caused a horrible car accident, you probably would walk or like ride a bike through town. You wouldn't drive. Yeah. So... Uh, I was like, okay, not a car accident, but some kind of accident. And it was 10 years ago. So they were kids. Because she says, because she doesn't say anything, but she writes these letters mm-hmm. to Maude um, as like sort of therapy. And um, you get a lot of information from those. You get Maude's name. You get the fact that it's 10 years. She writes mm-hmm. at the end, I don't think I'll ever forgive myself. She said, mm-hmm. I saw your parents today. Uh, so we know why she was hiding from those people in the beginning. Um, very helpful. <laughs> very in a very movie helpful. with no speaking. Um, I almost paused it on the screen where it was showing the letter. So I was like, "Oh, I want to get all of this information," but I skimmed it, mm-hmm. and it said, "You know, like yeah, like you said, I'm sorry. I'll never yeah. forgive myself." I think the movie is really good about just giving you the right amount of information mm-hmm. um, at a time. I think the movie's fantastic. Like, the best thing that it does is it knows exactly what the audience is thinking. Mm -hmm. And it will give you that information or that next piece of information to keep the narrative going and the audience guessing. Like, this movie does it so masterfully. It does. And it it really is... um, All I could think while watching, I was like, this is a piece of art. Like, this is entertainment, yes, but this is art. This is experimental this is so interesting and it's interesting to think of it as experimental because like movies started out silent they were all like this (laughs) well not like this but they were all silent at one point and everybody knew how to tell stories with no talking and sometimes they would put up you know cards with what the characters were (laughs) saying on their cards or like um 
what was going to happen next. But they knew how to tell a silent story. They knew how direction needed to work so that an audience to keep an audience's attention. Mm-hmm. And that is not always the way movies are made nowadays. And it's really, really fascinating and interesting to see it done in a modern way because it's very modern there's lots of cg it's a thriller there's fight scenes there's um the sound design in this movie is exquisite oh my goodness it's amazing (laughs) um and there's not a there's there's nothing in this film that is not meant to be there yep uh everything is purposeful the Mm -hmm. the director of this movie I feel like, and I looked him up, I'm forgetting his name. I'll grab his name some other time, but he clearly made a decision to make this dialogue free and he wanted something very clear and specific to say and he stuck by that the whole Mm -hmm. time of filming. And that's so rare nowadays, just to have a vision and to stick by it. Yeah. It shouldn't be the exception to the millions of blockbusters that come out every week, but I mean, it is. Mm-hmm. Well, because those are made to make money and mm-hmm. film is an art form and it doesn't always need to be made to make money. It can be made right. to express something like this seemed to be. Obviously, I think this will make money because it's very mm-hmm. good, but it's already it's already been sold to a streaming platform. So mm-hmm. it's there's clearly value in it. Right. Um, Hulu saw the value in it, though. I still wish it was in theaters. <laughs> Yeah, no, this would have been crazy in theaters. This would have been oh, would have so loved it. good. The sound design and everything. Oh yeah. my goodness. But it might have been I don't I don't know. Maybe it would have been strange for mass audiences. Be like, mm-hmm. why isn't anyone speaking? But I don't I, know, maybe I think it would have been good. I also don't know if I would have gone to theaters to saw this. Because I saw this like the day it came out because I could just sit on my couch and watch it. Yeah. But that's if true. I was forced to drive to the theater, I don't know. I really yeah. want to watch the creator and I haven't yet because that's of that what I was same just reason. gonna say. I was like, I've been hearing things that the creator is the best film of the year, it's a sci fi masterpiece, blah blah blah. And I was like, I wanna see it, but I don't wanna go to the freaking movie theater. <laughs> <laughs> like we're we're both incredibly busy and we're only gonna get more busy, like yeah, I I, I, don't I have loved. Time. <laughs> this is completely off topic, but I loved that year where Warner Bros. put every single one of their movies day and date on their streaming platform. Now they lost a whole bunch of money because of that, and a lot of people hated it, including the filmmakers. But I loved it. I love being able to watch the new Suicide Squad on my couch the night it came out. I'm sorry. Do you mean the year 2020? Do you want to go on record saying that you love the year 2020 and the reason well, that all those movies couldn't be in the theater? You know what? I'll go out and say <laughs> I didn't hate being stuck in quarantine. I'm not a party animal. <laughs> but no, 2020 was not a good year, obviously. <laughs> there we go. There it is. We were all stuck in a frozen amount of time like that entire year didn't count you know what was crazy during that year during like half of that year i was stuck in your hometown and you (laughs) weren't there and i was so bored (laughs) i was like 200 miles away from there going to college Uh uh-huh i was just (laughs) with my mom and it's so boring if you've ever been quarantined in a town you don't live in and you've never (laughs) lived in and didn't grow up in it's very upsetting (laughs) 
where you don't know where things are. (laughs) (laughs) And there's barely anything to do. I love my hometown, but it's small. (laughs) Well, during COVID, even less. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But before we get to the crazy ending that No One Will Save You has, I do want to talk about the 50s aesthetic of this whole movie. Because mm-hmm. for the first five minutes, I thought this movie might have even taken place in the 50s. I didn't think the 50s, but I very, I was very much considering it for a while that it took mm-hmm. place in the 90s. I was like, this, I don't think it has a 50s aesthetic. I think it has that, like, um, ugh, it, I know I hate I keep bringing it up, but have you ever seen Practical Magic? <laughs> I have not, no. Okay, I know you haven't, but it has it has the sort of aesthetic that Practical Magic does, and it just, like, screams small town in the 90s to me. Mm-hmm. And it, like, has a Stars Hollow-y, uh, Massachusetts-y kind of vibe to it, and the clothing is, like, flowy and, uh, like, dresses and, you know, kind of... Seems old-fashioned, but is clearly modern enough. Mm. And I, and the reason I thought that, I was like, people dress like that now. Like, you can have a life like that now. But she has a flat-screen TV, and she, mm. um, and she has a car that she can open with the key button. And I was like, mm. okay, so this is not, this is not any time before the 90s. And then I was like, why doesn't she have a cell phone? She just has a wall-mounted phone in her kitchen. Like a and rotary then it phone, took me, too. Yeah, a rotary phone. And then it took me a minute to think. And then I was like, oh, she doesn't have a phone because she has no one to talk to. <laughs> so why would she need a phone? And I was like, oh, God, that's so sad. Because this film does take place in the year 2022 or 2023, whatever. Um, because, And we know that because... In the letter in the beginning, Bryn says, I can't believe it's been 10 years, referring to it's been 10 years since Maude's death. And later, she goes to the cemetery and sees Maude's grave, and it says Maude died in 2012. Mm-hmm. So that takes place now. <laughs> and I, I didn't I'm even like... think about that, but I'm glad the movie did give you a timeline. Oh, I, yeah. It never crossed my mind. I, I, at first, I was like, oh, this movie, it looks like it takes place in the 50s. Is that the case? And then I saw, like, her flat screen TV or her Subaru, which is awesome. <laughs> it's the same car that I have, the exact It is same the same one. car that you have. That's what I thought, too. I was like, whoa. <laughs> but I, like, I just liked the idea that either the filmmakers or probably both, the protagonist just likes the year. or the decade of the 50s or maybe even the 60s or just the past in general and they like Mm. having stuff from the past it didn't to me it didn't really seem like i know i understand where you're coming from the 50s but it didn't really feel like the 50s to me because well just because the clothing style and the you know decoration style Mm -hmm. wasn't wasn't 50s other than the rotary phone um but I think where you're coming from is, like, it seemed very um, old-fashioned. She seemed very yes. old-fashioned. She was living her life. She didn't um, She didn't have, like, an Alexa or something <laughs> to play music. She played music from a record player. You know, she had mm-hmm. the rotary phone. She wore long, flowy dresses. Um, and she was very much caring about her appearance, caring about 
her hair had to be styled, Bryn's hair had to be styled mm. in such a perfect way, and she was practicing smiling. And at first you're like, oh, is she getting ready to go talk to someone or meet someone? And it's no, it's this is how she is coping. Mm -hmm. um, because if you have, because that, again, back to quarantine, but that like really struck uh, a nerve with me because it was like if you have nowhere to go no one to see what's the point of getting out of your pajamas <laughs> what's the point of putting any effort in and then if you don't put any effort in then you're upset with yourself and then you're just more depressed and it's like no if you're alone and if you live alone you need to have some sort of um system some mm -hmm. way to some some rituals to keep yourself yeah. motivated and happy and doing things because otherwise you're just gonna do nothing and you can tell just from the first act in that first day where she's alone like she has a routine she's working on her model city she's mm -hmm. she, she's doing all that stuff and i think yeah she sews dresses and sends them to people yeah i think i specifically thought money. of the 50s because that's like when the u.s was super obsessed with mistrust of government and aliens coming down and roswell and you know, okay. all that stuff, which which is why I immediately thought of the 50s. But I think it's it's more so the protagonist's obsession with the past and mm -hmm. living in the past and just completely ignoring the future and the president. Yeah, president. absolutely. <laughs> the, <laughs> the present. <laughs> absolutely. I agree with you. And it is it that is the aesthetic of the film. It is the past. um and it's the past, like rediscovered, mm -hmm. re-examined, and, and that's like, what the aliens, it. yeah, the aliens are used as a tool for that. Clearly, later because uh, later Bryn gets possessed by one of the the aliens. They catch her. She's putting up a really good fight, but they catch her, and they put their gross, disgusting hairball into her whatever that is <laughs> yeah whatever the heck fleshy hairball that is but first to catch her they use those like classic flying oh, yeah. saucer tractor beams yeah. and i had never seen this kind of interpretation of that because just from looking at it it seemed visceral like someone gets halfway in it and they get snapped in half yeah like it, it, I, it's the kind of thing where it looks painful to be inside one of those tractor Absolutely. beams. Absolutely. And I love that. And they had they had different kinds of them. They yeah. had they had the classic like white light beam um that were coming mm. directly down from the spaceship, but then they had yellow ones that came into her house at one point and then mm. the one that caught her was a red one. Mm. And, and I it don't just know froze her. Yeah, it just Rose her and was like flinging her around toying with yeah. her it was terrifying oh my god um and it caught her and then the uh one of the aliens that was in her house the only one that was left alive because she killed the other ones <laughs> she killed um, every other one she was freaking awesome when she, was... she smacks the little monkey looking one yeah. just with a door yeah oh my god that yeah. that made me laugh no i was like i was like yes girl <laughs> yes kill it but yes, back Ugh, to the terrifying. fleshy hairball, because yeah. what the so the so the alien comes to her and vomits it up, and then spits and then it, it like goes into her mouth and it like <laughs> uses telekinesis to force her mouth open and yep. she has to watch while this thing like goes into her body and is the most disgusting thing in the world. I was like, and you 
you know exactly I, what's going on because you've seen other people controlled like invasion of the body snatchers yeah style, and they and all something have in like, their throat little thing in their throats and it's disgusting and they're all like mm. going ah, up in the sky because <laughs> it, it never crossed my mind but i really like when you said that it was turning humans into aliens and i don't think that's what was actually happening but it, mm -hmm. it would make more sense than what the actual ending was and we'll get to it but well i, I was... have a, i have i have a thought about that but we'll talk about it in a second mm -hmm. i think um yeah so she gets she gets this hairball in her throat and she and the immediately cuts to black and she wakes up uh back in her bed like it was all a dream like she never met that like the alien never came to her house in the first place and i was like don't trust it yeah i immediately i, I, was, I was just like, gonna ask you not. were you fooled not. for a second not for a goddamn second <laughs> were you nope I yeah. immediately, I was reminded of a movie called Upgrade, where something horrible happens, and then it just cut to black, and the main character just wakes up in bed as if everything were all a dream, and it's like, no. Yeah. No, we're not that dumb. Wait, was it that Amazon show, Upgrade? Uh, no. A different oh, okay. one. Directed by Lee Winnell. It's basically Venom, but better. That's another okay. movie for another day. I don't, I don't know that movie. Um... Yeah, so so she's back in her house. Everything's the way that it was, as if the aliens never came. Except, oh, Maud is there, but she's an adult, and uh, and you never quite see her. She's you always never see blurred her face. out. Yeah, it's Ugh. very blurry and it's staticky and lens flary. And I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, because it's not real. And I was like, excellent cinematography, excellent <laughs> editing, love that. Um, mm. and then we get the only line of the entire movie um in this scene and Bryn looks at Maud and she's so happy she's smiling like her first genuine smile of the mm. movie um she and she's beyond happy and she says I'm sorry Maud and then she reaches into her throat and she pulls out the, <laughs> the disgusting tumor thing oh. and I'm like Whoa, what the heck? That was crazy. It was And like... I thought the movie might end with this whole dream sequence and it's just yeah. not or um I, I forgot her name. Bryn? Bryn. Bryn. I Bryn like might just exist for the rest of her life, I say in quotation marks, just as this drone with something else controlling her body. But nope, she reaches in yeah. her throat and I like I just by the chef's pure kiss force to the of line. will. Because mm -hmm. uh, it's perfect. The one spoken line from this protagonist, and she's finally vocalizing the one thing that she's been writing down this whole time. It's, it's, it's her, uh, like, she finally gets to say her emotional piece. Like, it's, it's a, it's her emotional character arc is leading towards that. And it's the plot because uh, her, plot arc is leaning towards that because she has to make the decision to keep going because she could just go to this world where everything's perfect and she's finally happy and she gets her life but back but better and she decides no I'm going back to mm. reality I want my own life and she has to persevere and it is so thematically 
excellent. I just mm. loved it so much. Part of me wishes that the movie ended right there because there's like maybe 10, 20 minutes left after that. And mm -hmm. I was I was surprised. So confused. I wasn't. And okay. here's the thing. I, okay. I really want you to explain that then. Because well, so so Bryn uh decides to keep going and she mm. runs off into the woods. She sees the little the, okay, so the little tumor, alien tumor mm. that came out of her gets uh sucked up by one of the the beams the mm -hmm. alien tractor beams yeah, it goes back uh, but instead ship. of but instead of bringing it back onto the ship they use a this is what i thought was happening they used the dna that they got from it being inside of her to make mm -hmm. a copy of her and there was a cloned version of bryn who had who was an alien for all right. intents and purposes because and this she made was sense to me because I was yeah. like, oh, this is what they're doing to every human. This makes sense no. now. That's why that's they're using me. those feet, those hairball-looking thingies. But yeah, yeah no, but, that's not what the But that's not what they were doing to everyone. Everyone was still a human just with those alien tumors in them. This is what they did to her because she pulled it out. And they were like, well, I guess <laughs> we got to do something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, she kills her doppelganger. I don't know what their thought process is. And I don't I'm trying know to figure what... out. Yeah. I'm trying I, to figure I, out Bryn's thought process. I, I, the alien's thought process is going to take me way more time to figure it out. I, I'm I still trying to figure it. that out. But, but yeah, she, she kills her doppelganger, and I don't know what the hell that doppelganger oh, yeah, is. Well, so, if it isn't an alien. No, I think it's an alien, but it's with her. It's I think it's her DNA, but it has like... I think it's just a drone. I think it's just a drone. That, that for would make the sense to me. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so the the clone follows her into the woods and stabs her. But then she uses the. I've been waiting. Okay. So in her in her home alone yeah. sequence where she was getting everything ready, she pulled out a box cutter, and I was like, okay, okay, great. We're gonna we're gonna stab <laughs> some aliens. And the whole fight sequence, she never pulls out the box cutter. I'm like, girl, you could have used the wood. It's the in box your pocket. Cutter? Reach into your Get pocket. <laughs> and then she Every never time does. that she was battling one, I was like, put your hand in your pocket and grab it. Yeah. It's right there. I know. And then when she finally she finally put her hand in her pocket and grabbed something, I was like, Oh, finally, the box cutter. No, it was a lighter. And she blew <laughs> yeah. up the car. And I was like, Oh my god, that's crazy. <laughs> um, I mean still great, but still where's, where's great, the box but I I was like, Where what happened to the box cutter, girl? But no, she um, had to save it. Anyway, yeah, so <laughs> she, uh, when the her clone is stabbing her in the gut, she brings out the box cutter and stabs the clone in the neck. And then it's, like, really sad, and she holds it while it dies. And it's, like, real sad. And you're like, oh, my God, like, this is definitely an emotional moment for her. Like, this is mm -hmm. crazy. Um, and then she goes to leave because she was like I, I guess i'm gonna keep yeah. going because there's well, nothing I'll, else to do I'll just fuck off then i guess yeah and then she finally gets got she finally gets caught by a tractor beam and she gets pulled up into the alien spaceship mm. and i was like oh this is again they're gonna dissect her while she's still alive that's what i thought <laughs> yeah i did i definitely thought that i figured yeah. there'd be some probing going on Whatever yeah, the hell like, those aliens do. And and I was like, and that's how it's going to end. It's going to be really dark. But no, the <laughs> aliens go into her mind. And okay, this I thought was brilliant. The um, 
the filmmakers used the alien tractor beams as uh, sort of picture frames to snap moments in Bryn's life and frame them in the alien tractor beams. And I was like, that is so brilliant because that's obviously how, you know, we experience memory. We don't, we maybe won't remember every single thing, but we'll remember feelings and we'll remember moments. And the alien tractor beams were capturing these moments Mm. like they'd captured Bryn. And I was like, yo, this is too much. This is so good. Um, And there were, going through her mind, there were moments with her mom. There Mm. were, uh, there was... um, the the argument with watching Maude. she there yeah the, she was watching um Maud uh, walk out of her house and then mm. she she goes outside and there's Maud's dad uh, crying yeah. with with the police cars surrounding him and there is her fight with Maud where she kills Maud and that's when it's revealed what happened to Maud and we understand and the extent to what happened. I love how different this whole sequence can be interpreted because i mean i think we interpreted the same as in the aliens are just taking snapshots of these moments but it could have been so literal in the interpretation that the aliens were actually there for every one of these moments and i don't think Mm -hmm. that's the case but it it could be seen as that i don't think it was either i did think that at first um Mm -hmm. with the first time it happened when because you open and there was a young Bryn with her mom building a house I was like oh this is why she builds those weird houses cool (laughs) um and then they froze her there they froze the two of them there and while they froze them little Maud was running out of the house and Mm -hmm. I was like oh my god for a split second I thought oh my gosh this is what happened to Maud Maud got abducted by aliens and Bryn got blamed for it, but she mm. and her mom were frozen, and so they didn't know. In that split second, I I thought the exact same thing, and I was like, oh, Bryn killed Maud because she was an alien. Like, she had the thing oh, in her throat. But no, I... Because my mind just started racing at that moment. Yeah. But no, no I, but I, I think, think both of ours did, case. but we had different conclusions. But no, neither <laughs> of those were true. Yeah. <laughs> Bryn killed Maud because uh, there were kids fighting. And... and I think it's just metaphorical filmmaking. And it looked yeah. sick as No, oh, it hell. was incredible. So I loved it. Was, it. it was great. Um, and then the last uh, memory snapshot that we see is of young... Bryn, after she's killed Maud, writing a letter to Maud, uh, mm. writing her first letter to Maud. And adult Bryn is there and she tries to comfort young Bryn. And I don't know what this says exactly to the aliens or <laughs> what it awakens in them or what it shows them about Bryn, other than just like she is so human and she is not a killer at heart you don't need to Mm -hmm. hunt her down i don't know she's a good person she just made mistakes um i don't know what they take away from this but because of these memories they let her go yeah and not just that they give her a town maybe even the entire earth i don't think they give her the town. see okay so 
from from there, from them letting her go, there's a hard cut to later, sometime later. Mm-hmm. And it's back at the beginning of the movie when Maud was getting, uh, not Maud, Bryn was getting ready, but Bryn is uh, getting ready again now. But it's mm-hmm. different. She's happy. She's smiling. She has a place to go. She's not just going to mail a package. She is, uh, she is rushing out the door. And she goes to meet the other people of the town and they are still they are humans but they are in still infected they still mm-hmm. have those alien tumors in their necks and my reading of this was not that they gave her the town or the world i thought that they their mission seemed to be to come here and infect all the humans to mm-hmm. homogenize them, to make them all compliant and um, usable, I guess. Yeah, As, for yeah, whatever, whatever the aliens they need. Yeah, for whatever the aliens needed. Because, and the reason I thought this is because they didn't destroy the towns or the houses or um, any of the infrastructure. They didn't target somewhere important like the capital of the United States mm-hmm. or the UN or, you know, somewhere else. They're in a small town. Maybe they're everywhere, but this movie is in a small town. And right. so my interpretation was that they kept everybody alive. They didn't want to kill any humans. They need them for for something or maybe they just want them... I don't know, maybe they want them to stop exploring space. So they're yeah. like, let's just homogenize them. Into <laughs> or they're like, one... these people are fucking up their planet. Let's get them to stop. Yeah, maybe let's that's just make it. them all, let's just make them all, uh, all happy and infect them with this thing. <laughs> and they, and Bryn is the only one who's not, but she's mm-hmm. still happy. She is genuinely smiling and she's dancing with everybody and all these infected humans and she's just happy um and everyone is back in the 50s aesthetic like not just her everyone in the town is yeah well i thought that that was just like a party i thought it was like probably a themed party or something but it could be but i just liked the look of it and everyone's got their gowns on and everything Mm -hmm. Oh, they were beautiful. The costume designer mm. was excellent. Um, <laughs> oh. I made sure to watch the credits and and acknowledge the name, but I've since forgotten the name of the costume of designer. But whoever they were, were excellent. Um, but I had two separate interpretations of this ending. And okay. one was, you know, she's getting ready to go to this party. And the entire time I'm thinking, oh, she's in another dream world. They've just found out how to do it better this time. And I fully believed that up until the closing shot of this movie where it goes up into the sky and you see at least a dozen saucers just floating up into the sky. And I'm like, oh, wait a second. No, this is real. This is actually happening. (laughs) Why would the aliens let her go? Why, like, is she the last person on Earth? I have no idea. And I feel like after thinking about this movie for at least four or five days... The idea that the aliens saw her trauma, decided that she'd been through too much already, and just let her go, 
Like, that makes the most sense to me, but the aliens seeing her trauma and, like, that's not enough of a reason for me personally for the aliens to let her go. Okay, well, for me, I had, I had, so my thought about it was, first of all, I don't think you're supposed to know. I yeah. I think that it it's, yeah, I think it doesn't matter why they let her go. It's just that they did and she was happy. And I might even go so far as if I wanted to say why they let her go, I would say that maybe in her mind they saw that she had the potential to be happy in this kind of world where mm-hmm. she where nobody knows or nobody cares about the bad things that she's done and only about the things that she will do and maybe maybe that's why they let her go but i also think it doesn't matter (laughs) no yeah i very very clearly the ending of the movie is more than anything else supposed to make you go what the fuck was that yeah well, because I just, I think it's putting you in Bryn's shoes because she'll never know why they let her go. Yeah. And she's just they trying just to did. enjoy it. Yeah. Maybe it's a dream world. Maybe she's real. Might as well have fun with it, though. Yeah. Who knows? But yeah, you're, you're right. The, the ending, it's much less important than the themes that they bring up at the end of the, fir- or mm-hmm. the third act where you finally find out why she's been ostracized and everyone hates her in the town like that stuff is much more thematically important exactly all in all no one will save you is an Mm -hmm. excellent film and might be a little nihilistic but (laughs) still worth a watch definitely worth a watch but with that let's move on to the consumption corner where we're just starved for content starved now sasha what have you been consuming lately well um, I just reread Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief, or Percy Jackson and the Olympian, the Lightning Thief. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, sorry, it deserves its full title. Um, <laughs> excellent book. Um, I reread it in preparation for the show that's coming out in December, but also for the new book that just came out, Percy Jackson <laughs> and the Olympians, The Chalice of the Gods, uh, which I am halfway through and I believe you are also reading. Uh. Yep. <laughs> I was just about to say, so I was rereading The Lightning Thief, and I got about a quarter of the way through, and then, since I pre-ordered it, Chalice of the Gods came in the mail, and I had to put The Lightning Thief down, I because think I'm we rereading were, that. I think we were in it. the exact same place of the- I, I don't know how this is possible, but I think we probably were in the same place of The Lightning Thief, but made the opposite decision, because I made the decision, I was like, I want to keep reading The Lightning Thief, and then I will read Chalice of the Gods, and then I will read the rest of the Percy Jackson books. And then I'll read Chalice of the Gods again. But <laughs> I think it's just the fact I've reread The Lightning Thief and all of the Percy Jackson okay. books, except for the Nico ones, so many times. I was like, Chalice so. of the Gods is new. I want to experience it. Yeah. And fair it, it's a lot of fun. It's so fun. And it <laughs> makes a lot. I'm glad that I finished The Lightning Thief in preparation because even though I know what happens. It's so good to have it fresh in my mind because it makes a lot of references back to the original books but and all of the stuff that's happened since then, but a lot of specific references to The Lightning mm-hmm. Thief. And that's definitely the way that Rick Riordan wanted it because this of is all course. just, like, it's it's a fan book, 
so that you could go through the highlights of the but also no i don't i don't know because the inscription like uh he says you know like to these Mm. people blah and it says to a new beginning and they've all and they've already announced another percy jackson and the olympians books come to come out next year i didn't know that. that's awesome yeah so I don't know what's <laughs> happening, but I am here for it. I'm enjoying yeah. it. The writing is just as good as it's ever been. Um, yeah, we're gonna be uh, seeing Percy and Annabeth and Grover in literary and in live action form till yes. the end of time, and I am going I, to love it. I'm eating. I it love up. it. I'm so excited. We're gonna be seeing them on the silver screen soon. That's TV, right? I think so. Yeah, I think maybe. <laughs> The but little just TV, screen. the the I small think it is one, the one in your house, yeah, <laughs> whatever. The one where you can watch on the couch. Well, the one in my house. I don't know about your house. <laughs> I'll see it in my house. Uh, <laughs> but uh, other than that, uh, I am starting my Gilmore Girls rewatch because it is officially October. <laughs> yes, it's time for fall. It's time for hot drinks. It's time for pumpkin flavored beverages. We mm. love it. We love to see it. We all love it. You should watch the Gilmore Girls, but I'll stop because I've tried to tell you to watch it so many times. I probably <laughs> won't because I'm so busy. I, I've i been doing a lot of gaming recently, kind of just preparing for the Marvel Spider-Man 2 that comes out later this month. But mm-hmm. uh, And we'll probably talk about Ahsoka next week because that's a show I've been watching week to week. But I watched the first three episodes of Gen V. Which is okay. the boys' spinoff. Yeah, I've heard about that. Is it worth watching? Because I was like, ugh, do I want to watch another spinoff right now? I had but... So I had a very interesting journey with this show. And I felt like I had a similar journey when I watched The Boys way back when it first came out. I remember not liking the first episode. And then the first episode ended. And The Boys, that first episode, ends with the fight against the Invisible Man. And mm-hmm. something similar happens to the first episode or the end of the first episode of Gen V where it hooks you. And let me tell you, Sasha, I am so invested in this show. I cannot really? wait for the rest of it to come out. Okay, I might have to give it a watch yep. because I love The Boys. And I act. I did like the first episode of The Boys. I was like, whoa, this is crazy. <laughs> and I remember actually... <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure my friend took a video of me because I remember watching this for the first time with my friend from college and he took this video of me uh, before I knew what was happening. He took a video of me and he said, hey, Sasha, what do you think of the deep? And the deep had just been introduced like oh, at the no. very beginning. And I was like, he's pretty hot. And then... <laughs> No. <laughs> and then he cut to my reaction later and I was like, why did you do this to me? <laughs> Why did you make um, me say that? Yeah, anyone who who doesn't uh know the boys and doesn't know the deep, uh don't say anything good about that guy. <laughs> <laughs> like he sucks. <laughs> I'm sure within 5 minutes of you saying that, you saw the deep sexually harass someone. It was it was sexual assault and it was less than 5 minutes later. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Uh very oh, bad. But, but definitely I do, watch Gen But I like v. the boys. It's a very it's... good show. I so again, that's I on my list now. I did not, I had no interest in watching a show about some teenagers or college kids or whatever age they are going to a school and trying to learn to be superheroes. I was like, I've seen it enough times. I don't need another super powered magic kids school. I don't want it. It's kind of off topic, but kind of, but I also hate the comic of the boys and the school that they go to 
that's referenced in the show Gen V. Like it's supposed to be some X-Man ripoff and it's just everything in the boys. That's another topic for another day, but I've just never liked it that much. It's just very mm -hmm. obvious spoof, but the Gen V does it so well where all of the horrible people are horrible for a reason, or at least you can see where that negativeness comes from. Mm. Yeah, great show. Cannot wait for the rest of it to come out. I think that about does it for me. Do you have anything else? <laughs> I mean, I've been playing a horror video game, Callisto Protocol, but I feel like I'm going to talk about that more, A, once I finish it, and B, when we get deeper into October and we can talk yeah. about some scary stuff. Scary. Spooky season. Hey, this was pretty <laughs> scary. This movie was yeah. pretty scary. Good way to start out the month. I oh, enjoyed yeah. it. I <laughs> I feel like that's why I pushed it so much. Is I yeah. I wanted to get into the scary season. Yeah, I like it. I'm here for it. I love a scary movie. Well, thanks for <laughs> <Yeah>. watching <laughs> or listening. Thanks for watching this this episode this week of Just Cause. With that, this has been a freaky little monkey alien podcast. Yeah, fuck that thing. <laughs>